Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. This is an abridged version. I am in here in my office with my son. Um, it's a little chaotic. Uh, last night when I typically record with John, unfortunately started to feel some immense lower back pain and started to pee Code Red Mountain Dew, and you can all deduce where that went. Turned into a long ordeal overnight with a kidney stone. But your boy is alive. He's awake. He's here. He's going to talk some Browns. There's some big news out that the Browns are converting the base salary remaining of this year for Odell into a signing bonus, thus making him an extremely claimable player on the waiver wire. We'll see where that shakes out into Monday next week, but this ultimately means Odell is done being a Cleveland Brown. We all knew it was heading in this direction based off the early week, but it is kind of a now finality, final thing. I don't know, struggling with words today. I want to bring in John Colosimo to talk about this. We're going to go through a ton of different things surrounding it, but surrounding him, surrounding Baker, and then try to tie it into kind of our Cincinnati thoughts as we usually do here on Friday with how the Browns end up beating Cincinnati. Uh, but it's going to be short. It's going to be a bridge because we're obviously recording this the morning of instead of the night before where we have a, an immense amount of time. John, how are you, man? I'm good, Jake. You know, I mean, uh, you know, all told, it's Friday. Um, obviously, uh, it's not a great day in Brownstown, but... Uh, you know, there are real life things and it's still a Friday. And so I'm still in a good mood. Me too. I, it's, I mean, my back is killing me, but other than that, I mean, it could have been a lot worse stuff <laughs> at, uh, at the yeah. hospital, but we come out of it alive. We come out of it. Okay. And I just kind of want your knee jerk reaction. I know you stayed off Twitter. Talk about that. Talk about how you've kind of been processing the Odell thing. And then we can get more granular once you kind of give me your overview. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, st- I told you uh, Monday morning I was staying off Twitter. You know, I knew after the loss to the Steelers that things would be not great. Um, And they exceeded my expectations rather quickly on Monday. So I can tell you that I have spent, no joke, no lies, um, a record low amount of time on Twitter from Sunday to now. But I've still seen an hour's worth of glimpses. Uh, you know, among the days and and today. And so um, just to at least confirm my suspicions and walk back out the door. (laughs) So, you know, um, I don't know that I had any idea, say, Monday morning when I text you that, that we were going to be here on Friday talking about the release of Odell Beckham Jr., which is it's it's insane stuff, you know, just from a wide lens, like you said, before we go into specifics, just from a, a wide lens, a playoff contending team, which is what the Browns are. Let's not like get that twisted. The Browns are four and four. They don't have, you know, the world's worst schedule ahead of them. They are getting healthier even, um, you know, with the bye coming as well. Obviously, our ceiling is is much lower than what we started this year with, with the, the play at the quarterback, um, whether, you know, however, however you want to divide why that's happening, it is happening. So, um, you know, the play at the quarterback dims the light, but still 
this is probably a 10 plus win team. It's, it really probably is. You know, I, 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 I truly believe that. And um, the so to have that kind of a team eat salary and outright release a Pro Bowl level caliber right now, right now, Odell is um, receiver is some I don't want to say only in Cleveland, but I would relate to uh, Antonio Brown in L.A. level toxicity that that can cause a team to take, you know, to cut their losses in this kind of a way in, in midseason is a pretty rare event. So, you know, wide angle, you know, that's where I'm at. What's strange to me, John, is how how escalated this became, you know, the body language stuff yeah. I thought showed up on the, on the film. And, uh, it's, it's, it's clearly been festering, but if you look back at the preseason, like the quote right before camp that Odell dropped at his, at his, at his, um, his own little camp he does for the youth there was like all this stuff about how excited he was for this team and the city and, and spent time with Baker and hanging out. Does it feel like, it grew to be personal here. It it almost it almost does. Like I can't imagine these guys are gonna be friends again because like, you know, when your dad does what he did and then and doubles down and reposts it, there's gotta be something there. I mean, all dads can lose it for 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 whatever reason when their child struggles in anything and, and you would eventually talk to your dad. If it meant enough to you, you would say, Hey man, I'd appreciate it, Pops, if you could take that down, man. I don't need that between Baker and I or whatever. It just kind of feels like it became pretty damn personal to me. Yeah, I uh, the the question is how long it's been. You know, like I mean, people have reports from 2019 where, you know, he was you know asking for somebody to come get him already. You know, like so I think uh, something like this now when you get the tip of the iceberg um, causes you to go back and reevaluate. Um, all of the other little things, you know, like uh, I'll give you an example. Um, there was things about Freddie, right? There was there was things that we heard very early on, um, you know, starting in camp his first season, you know, like there were there were all a ton of reports that happened that were mostly dismissed at the time uh, because either, you know, people didn't want to believe that or you know there's always the stir the pot mentality with the press and there's all these kind of things that will cause you to set some things aside and then in the end all those things were true you know the things about zampezi being you know a big architect of uh, or a big part of that second half offense that was the reason that freddie got the hire those types of things and i don't want to get too far down this hole but all, all i'm saying is that in the end, basically everything that you had heard early on and along the way ended up being true. And so I think that when you get a little piece of this and we're getting to the end here, you go back, you you reevaluate all the different things. And, you know, you talk about the body language. That's always been there. You know, there's looks, there's, you know, there has been things, I think, as I've had time to process and look back that you can see, you know, like, or there um you know there would be you know and it wasn't even just when things were uh, not going well like uh you know i i'd seen uh body language out of obj when baker was having a good game but not throwing to him and him physically going over there to kind of like reassure 
um, OBJ that that uh, the ball was coming and those kind of things. So like all those kind of things, as you look back, I'm not sure that he ever really liked being in Cleveland. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, so I'm not, I'm not sure this is ever his type of town. Um, Baker, obviously, um, by the numbers, never, never played well with him for whatever reason. You know, we don't even have to get into any of the specifics. We can just talk facts. Baker never played well with him and um, never played well, do well you, throwing do, to him. Do you think, John, that it's tied to some of the things we've seen come out recently? Really, some of the things I've been trying to articulate over time, which is that, you know, the route running is unique. It's it's uh, it's It requires a quarterback to see him open, right? He's got to be seen open instead of anticipatorily being thrown. Uh, as, as I think J.T. O'Sullivan put out a nice video on that. You don't see many faith-based throws in his direction because I, the quarterback doesn't trust where he's going to be, some of those things. I mean, I even think that there not only have not really not only has there been a lack of those anticipation or trust throws, I I don't think Baker has really done well with the with the seeing him open throws either, you know, and then sometimes he would see him open and Odell wouldn't help. But I mean that's the train of thought here is that since this offense is so timing based and since uh Baker kind of prides himself on being ball out right here at the certain spot for the most part, this year it's had some deviations because of obvious reasons, but uh, you know the idea is that these two can't play together because Baker is a trust-based thrower. Odell is not a trust uh, trust-able route runner, and that's kind of what Aditi Kinkabwala talked about in her little post yesterday uh, when she was at Berea, which was which was well articulated, and then kind of backs up some other things some people have heard is like Baker is is by nature a and this offense by nature is a trust it, throw it type of situation. But so like John, by nature, this offense is very timing based and Odell is more freelance based. Not that you can't freelance and get open, but the days where he was really good at that are behind him as most athletic, his most explosive days. So like, does it to you feel that that connection was never going to work because of the lack of trust and timing and things of that nature? Yeah, I I think that there is something to that. It's it's funny that you say that, um, you know, I pretty much share just about uh, everything that comes across my brain with you when it comes to um, Brown stuff. But there was one um, there was one post that I made just um, on the DMs and. Um, uh, and Twitter earlier this season that didn't make its way to you. And I'll, I'll share that now. And, and it's that, that some of this you feel is he's a very sudden player. Um, he's a very sudden player. He's a very, uh, and I don't know that he is what you would call a consistent route runner in the sense that um, he runs the routes exactly how they're supposed to be every time and is exactly where he's supposed to be. Um, every time. And I don't mean that by the sense that uh, he'll just run a different route or something like that. But um, when you talk about how he gets open, it's that suddenness. And I think there's a little bit of his own um, intuitiveness on um, what he's seeing with the DB and he'll improvise a little bit. And in a game of inches, um, particularly in a timing-based offense, um, you know, if you were a yard early, a yard late, um, even if you're open, that, that I think can cause 
some of the inconsistencies and the failure to hook up that we've seen throughout the years with Baker and Odell. And I think that there are some offenses that that works just fine. Um, and I think that there, this isn't one of them. I think there is definitely something to call out in that regard. And that's not a fault. That's not a finger pointing type uh, comment. It's not intended to be anyway. Uh, but I definitely think that there is something to um, the idea that um, part of the failure for this connection is the styles and uh, this offense. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's look, you you've watched Baker for every snap. You know, you've you've seen him, you know, every snap, probably multiple, you know, half dozen times on average or something like that. Baker gets Baker establishes connections with undrafted players. I mean, like no problem. Like he, you know, he's one of the people that that develops relationships with the receivers extremely easily. You can say that um, unequivocally, and that's um, that's a fact. So why is it that this one didn't work? And uh, I think that definitely goes a decent way in explaining why. They're just a beat off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's even a matter of like, you know, I get it. Some freelancing has to happen in the NFL. Not everything can be in, in rhythm. Not everything can be in structure. Not everything can be unfolded neatly and, and perfectly right. But there's like a level of wanting to get this right, too, between the two of them. You know, not only in structure, but out of structure, the connection stuff that needs to be made, the understanding between the two. And it's like, you know, Mary Kay Cabot just from Cleveland.com just to mention just 40 minutes ago that Odell was set to be released, asked the Browns to trade him multiple times, including in the off season. So you, you ultimately have to question, like you said, John, how much did the guy even want to be here? Period. It, it didn't seem like there was a huge drive from Odell's side to make it work. So, you know, and then what Mary Kay even talked about here is after Beckham asked for it to be traded multiple times, it reached a point where they no longer care 
if Beckham ends up on the team where he could come back to haunt them during the season in the playoff. It sounds like the tension was massive, and that usually means that uh, it is uncomfortable for a quarterback because you can't figure out why the wide receiver is upset with you or why the situation's falling apart. You can't get on the same page, and it doesn't seem like there was a desire to get on the same page here. So it could be a huge addition by subtraction sort of thing here, John. And the, uh, yeah, and let me tell you, like, uh, and this this is coming from. Look, you know that um, you know I did the research this offseason. I wrote a huge article on the split um, when. Uh, in game seven last year and that coincided with Odell going down my conclusion was that it was not an Odell thing so I've never been one to you know point the finger at Odell and stuff like that but you have to reevaluate when you get new information and I'm going to tell you you know like you talk about what you just said um, and put that in context with that uh, that throw which wasn't great it was not a great throw uh, and it was late um, to begin with. Uh, but put that in context with that throw uh, to split the safeties, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh last week. Is that uh, is that a throw? Or is that a pass that Odell picks up if, you know, if he has a different attitude uh, just in general? If we're talking about a guy who didn't want to be here this offseason, um, was even talking in 2019 about being traded. It sounds like this has been a persistent issue and so now like when you get all that information and then you provide that context and you look back at every single other thing you look at baker's rise at when he goes down last year you look at uh some of the drops this year yeah not really like i think those are just mostly incidental um you know but that throw last week i think in the middle uh, is something that stands out to me is something that a guy like odell um, has every capability of coming down with, um, and um, but if you if you don't want to be here, and you know, and you're working through a major knee injury, and um, I mean, he's a he's an odd dude to begin with too. I mean, uh, kind of almost sounds like a Phil Jackson type. <laughs> That's a weird uh, offbeat reference, but you know, like Phil Jackson was a weirdo head coach. Um, and he would do some strange things. And for whatever reason, uh, some of the things that come out of OBJ's um, uh, or some of the quotes that come out of him talking about, you know, his soul and stuff like that kind of remind me of uh, Phil Jackson in a sense. Like, but, I, you know, I don't think he was his heart was in it here. No, I don't think so either. And, you know, some of the drop stuff can be because you're not focused what you should be focused on if you're worried about where you're playing next or taking my trade request or any of that, man. It's all focus-based stuff. And, like, yeah, that post, though, is probably speaking to, you know, Baker double clutches it. Was the route run the right way? I think it was just a normal bender route against too high. But maybe maybe he was expecting, you know, maybe he was expecting Odell to be in a different spot. We don't know. But the effort to go up and try to get it, whether, you know, the ball was pretty poorly thrown, like according to what we know about where the route was going, it was poorly thrown. He definitely didn't sell his body out for the team there. And I think that all says something, right? Like it all says something. And again, I don't, I don't think Baker's above any level of criticism to an extent here. I don't think he helped the situation any, but as we can see here, this situation was not, maybe not even helpable, John, if that's not even really a word, but I don't know that Odell ever wanted it to work. So it's like, you know, I know Odell was doing his thing. He was he was doing all the on-field right things. I get it. 
But if you never really want to be in a place, it's hard to really ever try to fight to make it work, you know? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I didn't get those vibes. And that's a cool, like, if he doesn't want to be here, that probably speaks to that they should have traded him. I know the injury situation made it nearly impossible. But, you know, I I don't have any regrets on the whole thing either. Like, I, I thought the trade at the time was fine. They wanted to find an explosive wide receiver, Baker coming off of a fantastic rookie year. I thought the process to get to the trade, the process to get him, and the usage of him was was fine. It just, as we sit here and talk about it now, three years removed, it just wasn't ever going to work. And maybe John Dorsey and his crew should have seen that ahead of time, but it's hard to it's hard to fault them for going out and getting him at that time. At least to me, I, I mean, I won't sit here and regret it. It just is. It's more. It's more sadness that they couldn't figure it out. And, and really, when you see the things that are trickling out, sadness that maybe it was never going to work out because there was never a desire from one side to make it work. Yeah, I I don't have an issue with the trade. I mean, you know personally from our text that um, I was not for the trade um, value-wise. I, 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 I never foresaw this. You know, so I and I wasn't so against the trade that I wasn't hyped for having him on the team. I just didn't like the value um, personally right at the time. Um, And the. But this is just, you know, like, I don't feel like any need to mention Baker in any of this. Like we we put Baker under the microscope. You do. I do. Like we put him under the microscope every single week. and. You know, there's no excuses given really, you know, for his poor play. So we're already covering that. You know, I know that Baker hasn't played well. Um, You know, he's missed open Odell. He's, uh, you know, he's missed open DPJ. He's playing his poorest season, probably. Um, The, you know, the difference is like why we're here is is 100 percent Odell. It's just not, you know, the having to release a player of his caliber is 100% on him. His attitude is 100% on him. You know who's got a gripe uh, for poor quarterback play? Uh, Allen Robinson, okay? How much of you, if, if they had to go to the point where they had to release him um, after how many how many seasons has it been? Six, seven yeah. seasons of Allen Robinson? He's never had quality quarterback play. Have you ever seen a situation bubble up in Chicago over those over those times? Even with Nagy's whole mess, um, you know, Mitch Trubisky, like all that other stuff. They never got to the point where they had to eat eight million dollars and release a guy. That's ridiculous. This is this is absolute. Um, you know, you do not see this. All right. That's it. That's why I bring up Antonio Brown in L.A. Like he was so toxic that even after dumping all that um, money and trade assets and everything else to get him, he was out the door in months. That's the kind of level of toxicity we're seeing right here. Uh, And that's not on, you know, I don't, I'm so, so, so not interested in hearing a Butt Baker when it comes to talking about the release of Odell Beckham Jr. Because that is 100% on that receiver. It's on his attitude. It's on... Um, you know, it's, I just don't care. You know, the second that you go, but Baker, I'm out, man. I'm, I'm checking out of that conversation. I don't hear it because 
that's not an excuse as to why they're they're eating seven million, eight million dollars salary and releasing a guy in the middle of the season. It just doesn't. So, yeah. you know, that's that's where I'm at on this. You know, it's not that I want to sit here and pile on Odell. I don't. You can't find a tweet where I am trashing Odell. Like you can't. Go go try and search my account. Find find me the one single tweet where I am critical. You know. Um, of Odell. I don't even think you can find like a critical one of the drops. Like, I don't think I commented on, you know, this guy, you know, has nothing to do with Baker Mayfield, why you're releasing a, a player of this caliber. And to me, that's like a full stop statement. You know, Baker has stunk this year. That's a hundred percent true. Odell is getting released right now. And the Browns are eating millions of dollars of salary to get rid of him because of Odell. That's also true. Yeah, he pushed opinion. he pushed it too far this week. I mean, the cutting contact, all of that. Like, yep. I get it, man. You you can be frustrated. Everybody can be frustrated, but you brought yep. this stuff onto yourself to where a franchise has to cut you ultimately. Now, you can go back and debate the merit of, of freelancing and route running. Antonio Brown made a living off it in Pittsburgh. I think to an extent, Tyreek Hill does a lot of that stuff in KC. But those are different quarterbacks. Ben hangs in the pocket. Can can really you know, fight through some stuff, at least in his heyday, that's the way he played. And Pat Mahomes can extend plays. That's just, those things work with those players. I just think the Browns have to focus on right player in the right position at the right time type. Now, you can have discussions over whether that limits the ceiling of whatever the Browns offense can be. Kind of the same thing that Diggs dealt with in Minnesota when he was frustrated. So ultimately, I mean, like, I just don't, I don't think that it is a huge issue for some franchises, some offenses, but it seems like here it's not going to work. So the Browns have to really laser focus in if they're, if they're going to continue down the path of Baker, which they have no choice. That's what they're going to do. They have to hone in on the type of player and the type of fit in their system that can make it work. Less improvisation, more being in like, it's like the rhythm of music. Everything works in harmony, right? Like they need that to work out in the passing game with guys where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be, if it's ever going to work. Um, like I said, there are guys in the NFL, and Josh Allen does this with Diggs really well too because Josh is an extender by nature, and that's why it can work. Now, again, you can say that's a limit that Baker Mayfield has, that it, it won't work. And Kirk Cousins was the same way in Minnesota. That's fine. But I think if you if you give Baker the right people, you can still find a way to make it work. If you if you bring in people who are who are their mind as a receiver work in that way, I think you can find ways to make that work. So if if one thing here uh, can be said, John, it brings clarity. We can afford and and handle this type of receiver who does these things. He does not do this. He does this. They have a very clear type now. And they have the ability to figure out the overhanging data, right? The, the elephant in the room has always been Baker has been this great quarterback without Odell, statistically, and this poor below average quarterback with him. So the goal should be for the next half year, it is now, there's no way around, they're releasing the guy. You finally get to see, is Baker the dude that the data tells you without him, right? Like that to me is the silver lining that that will be removed and you can say, hey, We've all kind of been holding on to Baker is this player without Odell. Well, let's see him do it again. If he does it again, then you got to say, 
well, it's quite obvious what was holding them back or giving them issues in their in the structure of what they do, right? Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, the issue with with Baker is um, that he's injured right now, and so like let's just you know lay it out there. Like you really don't have the options um, that you normally would be with just uh, a regression or just poor play those types of things like the Browns are basically stuck with Baker because of this injury um, through next year. It's just the way it is. They salary wise is guaranteed. You know, they're really um, in the, the cap situation next year, everything like that um, basically says that you, you 95%, like you're, you're forced into sticking with Baker and finding out how much of this year was Odell injury, those types of things. Um, so you might as well go ahead and uh, um, and just do the best with what you got right now. And I mean, we have we're in a better situation than we were last year. You know, uh, um, David's playing good ball. Uh, DPJ is back and in his second year. Um, you know, this is a better situation than they were in when Odell went down last year. So. Um, you'd like to see, it looks like, you know, it looks like Baker throwing the ball decently well um, this last week. I mean, um, it is what it is. You know, he's one hit away from ending a season um, if it com- comes the wrong way. Um, but it, this is still a uber talented team uh, that is getting healthier, that doesn't have a daunting schedule. And we'll see like where it ends up, you know, I mean. Uh, I, I would love to see DPJ just get all those targets. And uh, I expect, you know, and the numbers show that we'll see better results. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I expect to get some clarity on Baker in, in the sense of him feeling more comfortable, back to being the alpha in the room, the distraction removed, the structure, exactly how they think they need it to be. I think we will get some more clarity here. Uh, at, least, at least hopefully. Uh, before we close, I mean, the, the news of the day is Odell, and we've all talked about Cincinnati a little bit, but I, I just want your thoughts on the game. What are your expectations? And, um, you know, I, we always answer the question how we think they win. We'll try to do it as concisely as we can. Go ahead and give me your thoughts on this weekend, which has the potential to be really, really good or really, really bad. Oh, yeah. And I think it'll be one or the other. I can see this team coming together and uh, absolutely curb stomping uh, Cincinnati. Uh, or I can see all this stuff boiling over and getting current stops. Uh, so I think one of those two things will happen. I don't think it's going to be a, uh, a extremely close game. Um, 
you know, I think that the Browns win on the defensive line. Um, I think that's where um, other teams, I think they've, they've shown success. Look, the defense has played pretty decent. It's nothing special. Um, the offense has thrived of late, um, but they have not been doing those things against teams that uh, are capable of taking advantage of their weakness on the offensive line. So um, if you if you can just be successful enough on the defensive line to take away the deep passing to Jamar Chase and, and those guys, Don't then I him, think... Because he burns the blitz well this year. He's like a 94 grade against the blitz, I think, is what he has right uh, now. Uh, and I believe it. I and I don't think we need to. We got tack back, you know. Like we don't need to. We don't need to blitz um, to, especially against the uh, Cincinnati offensive line. But I hundred percent agree. We should be rushing for, dropping the rest, and um, and making uh, him try to beat us in under you know two and a half seconds. That's what I would like to see. That's the key, right? Like the make him make him throw that ball as fast as Ben Roethlisberger has been all year against the league, you know, and I think that if they have to do that, I, you know, outside of Chase just making a insane play, you know, I, I'm perfectly okay. As long as we get the ball out of his hands in less than two and a half seconds, um, I, then I, I think this defense is perfectly capable of holding this offense down. And I think that, you know, you really got to look at these opponents that they've been doing well against. None of them have had pass rush, really um for the most part that that they've done well against so um yeah I, I that's where i see the entire game hinging is the matchup between the cleveland defensive line and uh the cincinnati o-line and then um the sub game of you know what joe burrow does under pressure yeah you can't you can't get out physical at the point of attack two weeks in a row against the afc north that can't happen I expect them to rise up to that. I would hope they learn from what the Jets did and bracket Jamar Chase a little bit. Don't let him. Don't even give him the opportunity to beat you down the sideline because that is such a Joe Burrow, you know, security blanket is put it up down the sideline to Jamar Chase. And I just yep. would hate. I would hate to be burned on that a couple times, you know, as some teams have. But the Jets took it away, and then the Jets beat the beat the blitz, and then and then picked apart zone coverages. So the Browns will have a chance here. The good thing is Baker plays well against Cincinnati, at least historically. So there's some silver lining there that could come out, and and this game does, as you mentioned just a second ago, John has the the ability to go to go one way or the other. It can completely change their season and get them going in the right direction huge rallying cry, or it can be the point where you look at it and go, this is where the downfall happened when they went six and 11 or seven and 10 or something like that. So it's, it's wildly important. You know, we talked about seven and four by the first Baltimore game. That's still on the table. You know, these, these next two are not easy Cincinnati and, and new England's playing better football, uh, but then you get Detroit. So the every, they'll have every opportunity to get where they want to go. Everything is still in front of them and hopefully they can get back on the, on the uh, on the path of quiet quiet work and everything you know and harm in perfect harmony, but um, it all starts here. It's gonna be it's gonna be a wildly important game. Any closing thoughts? I don't want to talk about Odell Beckham again, like yep. flat out period on this pod. So Sounds I don't good. know if you have any closing thoughts on that or or, or or anything before we wrap up. No, I you know I got everything off my chest that I wanted to. Uh, you know I'm hopeful that this is addition by subtraction. And, um, 
all I'm looking to do is uh, um, claw, bite, scratch my way to um, you know seven and four, uh, and get to this bye week. Um, right. You know we have to we'll have the game with Baltimore ahead of it, but get to the bye week and and do it winning a few of these games. And uh, I think that that's that's all 100% um, realistic. They're not. Um, it's not a huge ask. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching them this Sunday, and I'm looking forward to not talking about Odell after this. <laughs> that's the truth, man. Moving on. We'll bite some kneecaps this weekend. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> right? Yeah, let's get this uh, channel our inner uh, Dan Campbell. <laughs> All right, John. Thanks for your time, man. All right, take it easy, man. Feel better. Thanks, brother. Guys, that's a wrap for today's episode, a wrap for Odell Beckham content for the most part. We'll probably comment on where he gets claimed, but uh, I'm kind of tired of talking about that guy, kind of tired of talking about the reasoning for it not working here. Uh, There'll be a lot of words written over the weekend uh, about this whole thing and a lot of coverage on it. I'm just kind of good now. I feel like I can move on from it, and hopefully we can see what the future of the Cleveland Browns looks like without him, and that will be... You know, the most important thing is is how the Browns are able to move on, how they're able to function and find success without him. So that's where our focus will be. We'll see how they handle Cincinnati. We'll be back with a Twitch show, uh, obviously, for the pregame and postgame for that one. Also, we'll be back for two more podcasts over the weekend. We'll get you one on Saturday and then get your game day preview with Brad Ward. So keep your eye out for that. Thanks for all your support this week. Apologies for the delay. Have a great Friday, guys, and go Browns.